I don't know. Kirk knows his way around a snack or two. <laughs> we will absolutely talk snacks at some part today. Uh, we are thrilled to do the NFL Draft Preview Show. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and all of our guests. That will include Matt Miller at 10 o'clock. That will include Keyshawn Johnson at 1030. will appear via the Goodyear hotline. Aerial coverage of the 2021 NFL Draft is provided by Goodyear. A new road begins on draft day. Goodyear more driven. How about this, Kirk? We wait for it. This is the big event of the NFL calendar other than the Super Bowl probably yeah. this is the one that everybody looks forward to this is the one where you think like your team is just a guy or two away it is draft day the first round tonight man I can't wait man it's uh golly like you mentioned this is the crown jewel of the offseason for the NFL and it's, it's a little bit different this year because after Super Bowl, you will usually have a combine, obviously free agency, then we get ready for the draft. Not anymore, man. This has been a long-awaited event. I mean, we've been waiting for a long time, especially for all the players, Travis, who opted out of playing in the right. season of 2020 in college football. Um, so we got so much to, to, uh, to see tonight. Um, I'm just... I'm excited, dude. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I've always said this, man. When the draft comes, when you're on the clock, it's time to either you're going to handle your business and got to get off the pot. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. Like, it ain't no more we're trading, are we doing this, nope. all the reports. It's go time. It's, it's go. <laughs> like I'm, I'm done with time. all the you speculation. you got to make your pick. No more Trey Lance or Mac Jones yes. or why is Justin Fields like it's just you. Okay, you got five minutes. Here you go. Make your pick, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. Take me through it. You just said something that I thought was really interesting, the, the long-awaited, right? So yes. you've been going through it. You've been working out. You played your season. You get a scholarship out of high school. All of these things, and now today is the day. You've been through it, Kirk. You were mm-hmm. the 78th pick in the draft back in 05. What's it like sitting at home right now or you're with your friends and family yeah. waiting for that phone to ring to say, hey, you're our guy. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, Travis. It is, uh, <laughs> it is a lot. It's an emotional roller coaster. And so shout out to everybody who's getting ready to go to Disneyland over the next couple of days as Disneyland <laughs> reopens because right. all the people who are going to Six Flags, if you want to know what a, a, a roller coaster feels like, that is NFL's draft day. And back in 2005, Travis, the draft was actually two days. It was just mm. a Saturday-Sunday event. You had rounds one through three on Saturday – four through seven on Sunday. And so now it's a three on Saturday. Yeah. You want that call. You want to be a first day pick, right? Right. Now we know that the draft is three days long. Round one is on, you know, Thursday rounds two and three on Friday and then four through seven are on Saturday. So for me, Travis, the draft starts about 9 a.m. on Saturday. Okay. Saturday, 9 a.m. for me back in 2005, I'm watching the first round, which then, remember, it took about, it seems like a half a day, the first round. That's when it was 15 minutes per pick, and it was just going on and on and on. Then we get through round two, and that was my target round, round two uh, to the mid-third round. So I'm sitting here just waiting because I know that's my my target range of where to get drafted. Um, Mm -hmm. I got drafted pick 78, like you mentioned, overall. But that pick didn't come in, Travis, until 6.45 p.m. So from 9 a.m. to 6.45 p.m., nine hours, 45 minutes of waiting to hear your name called. (laughs) I paced. I walked around. I left. I went to go get something to eat. And eventually I got that phone call. But there was a caveat to it. I got that phone call, Travis, from a 510 number. Well, okay. I'm born and raised Bay. in the Oakland Bay area. 
So 510 exactly. could be anybody. It could have been my, one of my friends from high school. <laughs> one of your boys. Yeah, one of my boys called me, hey, why you ain't drafted? Hey, you know when you get yeah. drafted? I'm like, dude, I don't know when I'm getting drafted. Hopefully it happens today. I don't know. But I answered the phone call, and it was the secretary from the Oakland Raiders at the time. And she called me and said, hey, uh, is Kirk Morrison available? Told her I was available. I said, yes. She says, well, Coach Turner head coach North Turner at the time. North Turner, sure. Um, would like to speak with you. I said, yeah, we'll patch him on through. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do and, it. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, he came over the phone and says, well, man, I, he said, I've had a great time getting to know you because they were my coaches in the Senior Bowl. I had visited oh, with right. the Raiders beforehand um, a couple of times, and so we had a nice little relationship. Uh, I was recruited by his brother, Ron Turner, who was at Illinois. So I had uh, mm. so many ties to the Raiders, and you just hope that it would happen and he says, well, just let you know, are you ready to be a Raider? And then <laughs> I responded, like, Coach, I've been a Raider my whole life. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I think I can make that happen. I think yeah. that I can put on that silver and black. That uh, That's awesome. That must be, like you said, <laughs> just such a roller coaster of emotions going through that, waiting for that phone to ring. Um, all right, let's start with this, Kirk. Let's start with the Rams. The, the Rams do not have a first-round draft pick again. Mm-hmm. They have not picked in the first <laughs> round since they took Garrett, Jared Goff, I think, back in 1974 is when Jared <laughs> Goff was drafted. It feels like it's been a long time since they had that first round pick of course they sent a couple more out to get Matthew Stafford in but the Rams have done a really good job maybe not with picking in the first round because they haven't had one in such a long time but they're really good in the later rounds, second round and beyond of finding not only guys that make the team but finding guys that start pretty quickly after joining the team well they prioritize player over draft pick okay they don't they prioritize having the right now versus what the projection may be or what a guy eventually could be. The Rams are like, mm-hmm. do I want two first-round picks or do I want a Hall of Fame-type cornerback in Jalen Ramsey? I think I'll take Jalen Ramsey, right? Sure. The, the Rams prioritize uh, like a Brandon Cooks. Remember a couple years ago when they traded their first-round pick to New England uh, and said, we value that player because we're not going to get a player in the first round of that caliber. The Rams have been successful without first-round picks. So for them, they value their scouting department, which I think is one of the best in the NFL. That's a reason why they've plucked away you know, Brad Holmes, who's now the general manager with the Detroit Lions, former mm-hmm. college, head of college scouting with the Rams. They've plucked guys away because the Rams do a great job in rounds three through seven. I mean, three through seven is where the Rams really start to get these players. And you're saying they may, may not be the household names – they may not be the fantasy football names that people get, but Cooper Cup is a third rounder. John Johnson, he's a third rounder. I mean, the Rams starting safety this year, and Jordan Fuller was a sixth rounder. Okay, like yeah. you're starting to look at some of these players, and you're like, oh, that guy, he wasn't a first. Cam Akers was in the second round, and he played like a first rounder last year for the Rams. So I have a, a ton of confidence in their scouting department, the way they go out and identify players to fit a spot to fit a need. And so, yes, they don't have a first-round player, but, man, Jalen Ramsey has been worth three first-rounders, and they only had to give up two. <laughs> and, and look, and you're probably not going to draft a quarterback that's better than Matthew Stafford with one of those first-round picks. Not Correct. where they were going to pick in the 20s somewhere. I'm with you. I think that this goes for... 
baseball. I think it goes for the NBA, and I certainly think it goes for the NFL too. And and the NFL seems to be the one league that really puts an emphasis on these draft picks. Oh, they have like Miami, for instance. They've got about twenty five picks in the first round today. <laughs> well, great, but you're still not winning any games. You're still not a team that people are sweating. Whereas the Rams have, like you said, Jalen Ramsey. They made a move with a first round pick for Brandon Cooks. They gave up a couple of first more uh, round picks to go get Matthew Stafford, and probably right. more accurately to get somebody to take Jared Goff off their hands. But the coming into the season, the Rams might not have a first-round draft pick, Kirk, but nobody has a higher ceiling than the Rams. The Rams are coming in this thing looking, look, we need to go to the Super Bowl. This is what we set ourselves up to do. Yeah, I even throw it in into our, our, our Lakers listeners out there, you know, people who are Lakers fans. What the Lakers had to give up to get Anthony Davis. Would you rather have Anthony Davis or would you rather have three first-round picks in the NBA? Like, no, we value, prioritize player rather than draft pick. Lonzo, Ingram, D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, all these guys were the number two pick in the draft. And the, mm. the best guys in this draft was Kyle Kuzma, who was near the back end of the first Correct. round. Josh Hart, who was near the back end of the first round. Always, always, always give me the player. All right, so the players that they are going to pick. The Rams have the 57th pick. Which direction do we think they're going to go in? That's coming up next. It's the NFL Draft Preview Show, driven by Hyundai, with Travis and Kirk right here on 710 ESPN. All right, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. And, Kirk, you know what we need to get started? And maybe you and I are the two guys to do this. That we know that the Super Bowl is that day, right? Everybody has a party. People come over to other people's homes and they celebrate. It's 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 a football game for sure, but it's it's much more of an event. And you would come over, you see your friends, you have a few drinks, and you eat. Right? And you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat. We need to turn the draft into an eating event as well. Like the draft is more, you kind of hang out by yourself, you watch the TV, you watch the picks come in. I need a giant spread. I need to have my entire kitchen covered with food tonight. No, I hear you. Uh, it just depends on like who you are, though. Like if or if you're the the fantasy football fan who wants to watch every player drafted, that's great. But a lot of people only truly watch for their teams. So like if I'm a Rams fan, you get excited, like, okay, I can't wait for the draft, but it's like, Let's just save it for for Friday because we don't have a pick on Thursday, right? So I, that may be for the Charger fans out there today. But if you're a Jets fan who's got two picks, the Baltimore Ravens, they've got two picks. The Miami Dolphins, they've got two picks. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they got two picks. So, so for those four franchises, I guess tonight, yeah, if I'm in Baltimore, I may grab some crab cakes, some Krabby Patties, something like that, and get it going. Oh, you're going local. You're going to go. So, well, if that's the case, and I don't care if the Rams don't have a pick tonight, then we're going to go local Southern California. We got to go Mexican food, right? We got to go tacos and burritos yeah. and guacamole, chips, salsas, all those sorts of things. A little of that corn with the cheese and the chili powder. I mean, what's mm. wrong with that? Yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. Definitely a carne asada burrito tonight with some chips. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Nice and just little, to make it uh, the California, we'll stick a few French fries in there, right? Oh, look, California burrito style, right? Get you a nice cold right. adult beverage as well. Yeah, sit back and, and watch the draft, man. I, I can't wait because I get to watch the emotions that so many players have, right? Who's going to cry the yeah. most? Who's mama going to push somebody out the way? Oh, that's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know that, that's, that's going to happen, right? That, that's what I watch for. I watch for the, the I watch for the people in the background. I, I know what the players I, are going through. It, it's it, to me. I like the people in the background who who's like, 
I got drafted too. Like, no, you didn't. He got drafted, not <laughs> you. But man, we this all is got their drafted. moment to be on TV, <laughs> and they're going to make sure that you know they're on TV, right? The Absolutely. guy that's getting picked, he's been on TV <laughs> throughout his entire college career. He knows he's going to be on TV throughout his entire NFL career. But the moms and the aunts and the dads and the brothers and the uncles and all that stuff—they're going to be mm-hmm. fired up. Like, this is my <laughs> shot for you to see me. I cannot wait. All right, let's time for talk to. I should say it's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The Rams have their first pick. It is at number 57. Let's take a listen to Les Snead on what he thinks they might do when they get around to that 57th pick. We try to work and figure out, right, which players at what positions might be in and around, uh, as we've said, swimming in, in that. It's a little bit harder to do, easier said than done sometimes. So you you, you somewhat got to to wait and, and, and see how the draft unfolds. And, and as it gets closer, to 57 at that point in time you can you can get a feel for what positions may you know there could be a run on certain positions and and you can you know manage the the strategy from there and and whether hey do you go grab somebody do you uh wait and and, and catch whomever falls or, or or do you move back and try to uh, grab more capital but at the end of the day we've tried to prepare for as many scenarios as possible uh but really you're looking at probably multiple players at multiple positions. Look, they're prepared. I would imagine they have their draft board and they have probably, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 50 guys that they're thinking might be there by the time that that 57th pick rolls around. But let's just be honest, Kirk. It's got to be incredibly difficult because you don't know who's coming or going. You don't know. Maybe there's a guy there that you thought you had absolutely no chance of drafting, and you're only a couple of picks away, and he's still available. Do you jump up a few picks? Do you move back a few picks? It's got to be really weird to be in that spot because you just don't know what the menu is going to look like by the time <laughs> it's your turn to pick. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know me, me and you, and our food references, right? <laughs> It's uh, it's the the uh, buffet uh, at the wedding, and you're the second <laughs> to last table who gets escorted up to the buffet. Right. So you All don't know what's going to be, be left. <laughs> yeah, you know you're not getting those, those prime cuts of, of the of the uh, fillet like you mentioned. So you got to wait it out. You don't know what's going to be there, and then you end up loading up on more bread than you do the actual entrees. And so I don't know if the Rams going to be loading up on more bread, but I think that they're going to find. To me, uh, there's a couple of spots, a couple of areas of need. And to me, it's the second level, the linebacker position. Obviously, they've had Corey Littleton there, Alec Ogletree in years past. Could they go out and find a legitimate inside linebacker that can play every down? It could truly be an impact. Last year, more of a platoon at linebacker, right? It was four or five guys who worked in there from Troy Reader, Kenny Young. They had Trayvon Howard, who was injured early on, Micah Kaiser. Could they go out and get a legitimate starter Right there. Also, cornerback. I know, look, no more Troy Hill. So you got Darius Williams on one side. You've got uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey, but who can be the fourth or the third corner? Could they draft another corner? They drafted two outstanding safeties last year. Taylor Rapp comes back. I think, look, for me, there's two positions that they have to go after one, another edge rusher. They mm-hmm. need more edge pressure. Aaron Donald creates havoc up the middle but they don't have consistent edge pressure on the outside opposite Leonard Floyd, who they resigned in free agency. And I think linebackers are gone. Yeah. You have to see what's available at that position, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went tight in. Okay. Really? Yeah. Cause there's all the mock drafts. There's no tight end outside of Kyle Pitts in the first round. So could that be a position that they want, may want to get more dynamic at 
at the tight end spot outside of Higby. Remember, they lost Gerald Everett to the Seattle Seahawks in free agency. So could they add another tight end in that spot as well? So the Rams, I think they're in prime position at 57 to just grab a good football player and possibly you know, be a key other, contributor. Yeah, excuse me, Kirk. One of, one of the other things that we've, you know, you and I covering the Rams since they've come back, one of the points of emphasis that you and I have gone over season after season after season has been that offensive line. Yes. And their their center is gone too. Austin Blythe has moved on. So now you got to find another guy who not only has to fill in one of those five spots on the offensive line, but he's kind of your your anchor of that line. The left tackle is the most famous offensive lineman, right? right. That tip that's Andrew Whitworth, <laughs> Big Wit. He's going right. to be over there for another season. I expect him to play really well again. But that center, we saw what it looked like pre John Sullivan. John Sullivan comes in, and the whole thing just looks a lot better. Austin Blythe slides over there, did a very very good job in there. Do they maybe look at a center at that early round, or do they go maybe a little bit later because their next pick after that is the 88th pick in the third round they've also got the 103rd pick could you find somebody maybe a little farther down there to fill that hole on the o-line yeah i think once you start to get further down in the draft you got guys who you hope can be a key contributor but i don't know if a day one starter right um especially at the center position i think right now the top rated center i have is a uh, center landon dickerson the kid out of alabama i got him going to the pittsburgh steelers in that first round so for the rams i, I think they're going to look in-house first. And Brian Allen was actually penciled in to be their starter. Remember, he injured his ACL, and that's what slid Austin Blythe over. But mm-hmm. um, Blythe now in, in Kansas City, does Allen now take over that job again, now fully healthy? How does the Rams feel about that? And then do you go out and draft a kid, and hopefully uh, you're able to, at some point this season, put him in? At some point this season, he's got enough – uh, understanding of the offense that you put him in and hopefully is the guy for your future. But at the end of the day, Travis, um, you have to look inside first. And the Rams, one thing that they have done over the last, I would say, three or four seasons, quietly, quietly, Travis, they've had a lot of offensive linemen that have been able to train at different positions. They have guys mm-hmm. who have played left guard. Then they can play a left tackle if you need it for a series. Remember, we forget Big Wit went down last year. Andrew yeah, Whitworth and went down, and this team Joe still Noble did itself. a good job filling in for him too. So th- that's where the strength, I think, for the Rams has been is having guys that can play multiple positions or across the offensive line. So it may not just be a true center; it could be a guard who can convert to center. So I wouldn't be surprised how the Rams mix up that interior offensive line. All right, that's straight talk. Straight talk. Wireless. No contract. No compromise. And you know. We're talking about picks that are way down there. You're talking about picks 57, 88, 103, 141. These are not guys that you would expect, to your point, Kirk, to come in right away and be a starter. These are not guys that you come in and think, okay, we've got a Pro Bowl player that's going to set up shop in that spot for the next five or six years. That's not where you typically find those guys. Not that it's impossible, but that's not typically where they are. Which brings me back to this, which is why I think the Rams are in such an interesting position, especially with tonight being the first night of the draft with the first round. They don't have a pick. The pressure is not on – like, for instance, the Jets have pressure to get this pick right. The 49ers have pressure to get that pick right. All these teams that are picking high in the draft, it's, (laughs) okay, this either works or we're going to be right back here again in a couple of years along the way. So the pressure that the Rams have – is all about the season. It's all about yeah. winning the the winning the division, winning in the playoffs, mm. proving that Jared Goff was the issue that was holding them back, and making Matt Stafford. For the the question is, yeah, Matt Stafford's really good and puts up a bunch of numbers, but why do his teams never win? I think we're all on the same page as saying it's because the Lions suck. That's why they never <laughs> win. They didn't. They didn't win. They didn't lose. 
because Matt Stafford was a bad quarterback. They lost games because the organization was in disarray, because they changed coaches too often, because they hired the wrong guy. They had a good guy in Jim Caldwell and bought in another guy in Matt Patricia who didn't know what he was doing. They just they can't shoot straight, right? Right. That's pressure on Matt Stafford. That's Matt, that's pressure on Les Snead. And for the first time ever, Kirk, I think it's pressure on Sean McVay to prove that, look, my stuff works. The guy that was making it go on the field was the problem. It's not my problem. It was his problem. We fixed it. Well, if it doesn't work again, they're not going to say it's the players. They're going to say it's the coach. Yeah, I think the pressure is on McVay because finally now this is his hand-picked quarterback. We've always said from the beginning since we've been covering the Rams that Jared Goff was handpicked by Jeff Fisher, the previous mm-hmm. head coach of the Rams. And like they didn't have much success in his first year. Jeff Fisher was fired. They brought in Sean McVay to salvage, to save Jared Goff from what we saw from his rookie year. And for the most part, he did. I mean, five seasons of Jared Goff in the last four, I would say first two years under McVay, great. The last two years under McVay, mediocre average at best but there were always times where you saw some good but there was a lot of bad as well and so Jeff I mean so now Sean McVay goes and picks his guy now the excuses are no longer if the Rams don't play well then obviously we're going to point to the quarterback or the coach but this is the guy that you picked and it's crazy to say that Travis because in the four years that the under Sean McVay with Jared Goff. The Rams made the playoffs three or four years. They never had yeah, a losing record. Their bad year record. was nine and seven. <laughs> yeah, they never had a losing <laughs> record. So it's crazy because we're all in this disarray saying, wow, the Rams, they got to fix the quarterback. But they did have success. <laughs> they did, Kirk, but you and I both. We'd sit there and watch those games together, and we'd talk yeah. about them before, and we'd talk about them after, and inevitably we'd come back to the same conclusion, which is, why does he keep making those same mistakes every Over, week? Yeah. There was one or two reads that you're like, what was he looking at? There were a couple of play calls that you're just thinking, okay, why did they do that? And the answer is because they were trying to prevent a fumble. They were trying to prevent another <laughs> interception that that was as much a part as anything else. All right, we are just getting started. We talked a lot about the Rams. The Chargers actually do have a pick tonight. They've got the 13th pick in the draft. Which direction are they going to go? Kirk and I will get into that next on the NFL Draft Preview Show right here on 710 ES. ESPN. Well, Kirk, I want to start with Key. And like you said, Key yeah. will be joining us at 1030, <laughs> and all our guests will appear via the Goodyear hotline. Did you see the picture that the uh, station tweeted out this morning of Key on draft day in his giant white suit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's memorable. That's memorable. That's one of them suits that you can only wear that day. You can't, you can't <laughs> wear it ever again. It's similar to the LeBron suit, right? Yeah, LeBron, LeBron had, had a giant white, white suit, suit, too. Yeah. yeah. You think about it. You can only wear it two places, honestly. Okay, two places. Draft day. Draft day. And then um, I would say maybe, uh, I don't know, a, a retirement party. That's it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to fit by the time Key's yeah. ready to retire. I think because like, I can see my dad wearing that same suit. You know what I mean? For like, for He already had his retirement party. But that's when you can wear that suit. You can't, there's no other place you can wear it, Travis. You can't wear it to a wedding. Right, you can't go. Your no, the, the white, no. white like that's reserved for the bride. You can't wear that. Yeah, suit you can't to the do that, man. Like, come on. So it's a um, a one and done with that suit. But that was uh, that was. Could a you style have pulled that look then. off? I mean, that coat goes all the way down like the knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that was one of them, uh, like a, like a, a suit from Goodfellas or something like that. You know, what I'm <laughs> like <laughs> his suit game was strong. Absolutely. All right, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The Chargers 
are picking number 13. I want to read right. a, a tweet real quick here, Kirk, from uh, John in Huntington Beach of Fullerton. He says, players that are projected to be drafted around the Chargers pick undoubtedly have been practicing their fake smiles in case they get drafted by the not Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, <laughs> funny, sure. But here's the thing. The Chargers got the most important piece of the draft right last year. Correct. They got the quarterback piece right, right? They found that Justin Herbert, I don't want to say fell to them, but it felt like whoever the Dolphins didn't pick, the Chargers were going to take the other guy. Correct. That if they took Tua, they'd take Herbert. If they took Herbert, they'd take Tua. And it looks like, after one season, that they got the better of the two guys. It looked like Herbert was far more acclimated to the NFL game than Tua was. So now that they got the most important piece right, they've got a new head coach in Brandon Staley, what do they do with that 13th pick? Everything that I have read everywhere. When I went on Keyshawn's show as the Charger mock draft expert, I picked an <laughs> offensive lineman. Everybody's picking an offensive lineman. Are the right. Chargers going to take an O-lineman? Yeah, they're going to take an offensive lineman. They're going to take, I think, to me, at 13, if he's available, um, I, I really like them taking the offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, Christian Derisaw. Yeah, I think that he will be the second tackle um, that's taken off the board. After Penny Sewell? Um, after, uh, after I'm sorry, third tackle because you got Penesold and you got Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, but the Chargers, I think they know that they can, they want a, a tackle. And look, Brandon Staley's already said it. We are, we, we need to. That's a hole in our in our offensive line. We need to go out and get a, uh, a left tackle. The rest of their offensive line actually not that bad. Remember they got Brian right. Balaga a year ago. Um, they bring in Corey Lindsley, the former center of the Packers, with uh, under Aaron Rodgers. So they've been doing some things along the offensive front. They just need a staple at the left tackle to go along with your quarterback. It's the same thing. So if you think of the Chargers and the Bengals, very similar, Travis. They got the quarterbacks right a year ago, mm-hmm. but now it's about protecting them. So Bengals may go Sewell. I think the Chargers go Sewell. Some people say they, they could go wide receiver, but I'm saying, look, Keenan Allen's still one of the better route runners, I think, in the NFL. You team him, obviously, with Mike Williams. They bring in Jared Cook from in free agency for the tight end spot. So I don't know if going out skill position player here fits the Chargers. They need, they need a tackle, man. It, it kind of brings up the old age-old question, right? The thing that we talk about in the draft over and over and over again, do you take the best player? You have your big draft board, right. and you have needs – and then you have this is the best guy available. So when you, when the pick comes up, do you do, okay, we need an offensive lineman, therefore I'm going to take Christian Derrissaw, who's the best player at this position available, my position of need, or do I have another guy that maybe I don't necessarily need, maybe like you're talking about wide receiver, but we have him right. rated a lot higher than Derrissaw. Do you go into that, please? And, and I keep coming back to this. I, I think it depends on what position we're talking about, right? Because – if I'm Justin Herbert, I'd love to have another weapon, but I can't hit another weapon if I'm running for my life. I can't hit another weapon if I'm flat on my back and my blind side is not protected the way that it needs to be. So I'm thinking, look, we will get to the skill guys. We will get to some playmakers. Look at what the Rams have done. You know, they drafted Cooper Cup, but they went and picked up Robert Woods. They went and got Deshaun Jackson this offseason. They've went out and got some – they drafted Van Jefferson in the later rounds. That You yeah. can find guys at that spot. I have to protect the most important player on the field, and that's the quarterback. So everything else I do after that has to be done after I take care of my offensive line. Yeah, Travis, how many times do you play blackjack? Do you play blackjack ever? Yeah, uh, once in a while. Once in a while. So, like, you know, it's the, if the dealer's showing uh, a six, you know, and you've got – You're going to sit tight. Six, you're going to sit tight, right? Just <laughs> yeah. play it safe, right? You're not yeah. trying to – you know, I'm not trying to go out and get something that's truly not there because you want to, you know, hit the point. You just say, you know what, let's just sit back. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay. And you hope that everything falls into place. Maybe the guy next to you, he he hits or he gets the big card. And all of a sudden now your dealer has now what? He's he's crapped, well, not crapped out, but he's busted. he's busted. And now everybody gets paid. Everybody feels good about the pick. I say that because I think the Chargers, they got, they got if they stand packed, they're going to get their left tackle. They'll continue to get position players. There's going to be another run in free agency after this draft is over. But you go in and Brandon Staley in your first pick and you say, I went out and got a left tackle for my quarterback. I get it. That's okay. That's fine. You got a left tackle that's going to be for years to come. You don't have to worry about that position. Now you can move on. But you missed the left tackle spot. Come on, man. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Was you're you're taking another life. one next year. If yeah. you don't do it now, you're going to have to do it again next year. And maybe Justin Herbert gets beat up in the process. Maybe he just you know takes a little bit of tread off that tire because he's just not safe back there. I mean, we saw Jared Goff with protection. Yes. Not bad. We saw him with less great protection, and he couldn't get anything done. Now, mm-hmm. Herbert and Goff, they're all different players, and they're different <laughs> circumstances. But if those five guys up front aren't clicking, yes. you don't have much of a chance. No, not no chance at all, especially within yeah. that division, too. You know, And you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Carr. We'll see what the Broncos do tonight at that quarterback spot. Um, but it's about pass rushers. You, you need pass rushers in the NFL. That's why they tend to have so many maybe drafted, I think, in this first round. So you're going to need a tackle. You're going to need someone to make sure that you keep Justin Herbert upright but also gives you time to make some things happen, right? I think that this is one of their picks that, okay, if they go wide receiver, I would be shocked, right? Because there's some people who are saying, hey, they could go wide receiver, give Mm -hmm. him another weapon. I don't see that. Now, the only thing, Travis, for me that I don't see this happening, but if Kyle Pitts is there at the tight end at 13, okay, Brandon Staley, hey, you got my card. Go ahead. Go, just bring oh, the card yeah, that's, up, and that, that's different, right? There's sure. a couple players who, remember, the Chargers are at 13. So this is what happens in the draft tonight. Do they get scared a little bit if a team jumps in front of them? Okay? Right. So now it's like, well, what do we do? So how many tackles do you feel good about? I got them with Derisaw, but – it, there's some other tackles available that if someone jumps ahead of you and grabs a tackle that you probably had thought would be there at 13, do you now go get best player available? So that's the one thing I love about the NFL draft is that as fans and analysts, we sit here and say, this is who you should take. Well, guess what? Team that was picking 20 jumps up ahead of you. That just throws your plan all to whack. How do you respond? What do you do? So the Chargers, there's some tackles out there, but I would not be surprised if something happens to where they got to get the best player available at that point. Yeah, no, the best player available is always not a bad way to go <laughs> unless you're talking about an offensive line issue because then no matter if, if I, I could have Jerry Rice and Randy Moss outside, if there's no time for them to get down the field, it doesn't make much of a difference, right? Yeah, but you could still – there's a couple I mentioned. There's a free agency wave. That will still happen. This is the part of the wave. I know in my final year in the NFL, uh, or when I was still, con- what, did I want to continue to play or not before retirement? There's that second wave of free agency of veteran players after the draft where teams tried to go and fill a need. It didn't happen. So let's go free agency. So they, there's still some tackles out there on the free agent market that the Chargers could look at if they don't get that tackle in the first round. But, like I said, man, it's best player available. Watch out for the teams always behind you who can sneak up and grab somebody. 
All right, Kirk, I saw your mock draft that was put up on Twitter the other day. I have some questions, specifically what's going on at number three. Is that what's going to happen, or is that what you would like to see happen? That's coming up next. It is the NFL Draft Preview Show with Travis and Kirk, driven by Hyundai. That's all coming up on 710 ESPN. All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven i saw this pop up yesterday kirk (laughs) on um the espn la twitter account it is kirk morrison's mock draft and i think every mock draft that i have seen from everybody has trevor lawrence at one and zach wilson at two i would be nothing short of stunned if those two weren't the first picks off of the board now where it gets interesting is with that third (laughs) pick right that everybody uh has an opinion on third pick there's a lot of people thinking that mac jones may go there there's a handful of people saying that Trey Lance may go there both quarterbacks but the Kirk Morrison mock draft has Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields in that third spot so here's the question I have for you Kirk is that what you think they're going to do or is that what you think they should do I think it's a little bit of both I, I really do I think it's both only because I said it's like the cafeteria in high school and you look around at the tables okay there's an NFC West table over there Matthew Stafford sitting at that table, Kyler Murray sitting at that table, Russ. Russell Wilson sitting at that table. Mac Jones walks over there. Nah, that, that don't look right. <laughs> right? I don't know if you fit over here. <laughs> nah, brother. <laughs> no, brother. Get away. Move, move, move. <laughs> Justin Go Fields sit outside under in. the tree by yourself. <laughs> if Justin Fields walks over to that table, I think he belongs. He looks like what the division acts for, right? He looks like a kind of guy that – if Aaron Donald is staring you in the face twice a year, okay, if the, if what Seattle has put together staring you down the face twice a year, looking at J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones in Arizona staring you down twice a year, I've, I've watched Mac Jones, and I think he's a terrific quarterback. But in the division that he's in, in the offense that they're running, you have to make more plays off schedule in the NFC West. That's what makes these quarterbacks special. That what that's what makes Kyler Murray special is that when the play is broken down, he's able to escape, make things happen, can get you to the next down. Me, I'm still scared of Russell Wilson for just what he's able you to and do. You me both, man. He is a Houdini. He's Houdini. He makes things yeah. happen here and there. Matthew Stafford has some of that as well. He's got that ability to make things happen, get out of the pocket, take off and run, slide. He's very uh, – look, I- I've watched him throughout his career. I know the type of quarterback he is. Mac Jones is not that. Mac Jones is not what the NFC West asks for. So when people ask me, hey, is this more about what you think they should do? I'm saying, no, I think they should do Justin Fields, but I also feel like they're going to pick Justin Fields because mm-hmm. I think he fits in to what they want to do offensively. Kyle Shanahan has not had a quarterback like this. This is the same guy who drafted RG3. Remember that, okay, when they were in Washington together. Yep. Same with – but he also drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, though, too. Yep, so, a little hedge. But, yeah, but they both have that ability to make guys uh, – I mean, to make plays off schedule – so that's why I think that they either that or Trey Lance. But the Mac Jones thing is just such a mystery to me. We'll find out tonight. But I really think that the the speculation of Mac Jones, I think this has been all smoke. You know, there's a couple of things going on here with the Niners that I think are interesting. Number one is the connectivity to what the Rams are doing. They're, they're kind of almost in the exact same spot, and they're trying to solve the problem differently, right? Okay. They both had a quarterback who they gave a ton of money to, who took them to the Super Bowl, 
who they both said, nah, nah this ain't going to work. <laughs> they, they, they both, that Sean McVay looked at Jared Goff and said, look, I love that Super Bowl run, but you know what? I don't think so. And their, their solution to the problem was, let's make a trade. Let's get Jared Goff out. Let's bring Matt Stafford in. And if it costs a couple of first-round draft picks, fine, because I know, or at least they believe that they know, that Matt Stafford's going to come in here and do all those things that you were just discussing, Kirk, all those things where he can make plays on schedule, he can make them off, he's a yeah. veteran, he can make every throw on the field, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The Niners are kind of in the exact same spot. They gave Jimmy G a bunch of money. Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl. And because of all the things we're talking about in this draft, they've clearly made the decision – Nah, this this is not our guy. This is not the guy that we think that can take us back to this spot. Now, instead of making a trade, they're trying to fix it through the draft because right. they are in the number three spot. They made trade to get into that number three spot. This is the part that I don't quite get, though, is can you fix that problem? Because the Niners are really good, except for at this spot. Can you fix it with a rookie quarterback? Can a guy just come in and show up and compete in that division, like you just said, with zero NFL experience? Well, you have to. Because the economics of the NFL tell you that you have to. See, I think the reason why the 49ers have to do this, Travis, I'm looking more long-term than I am short-term. I'm looking long-term is that they cannot keep paying uh, the Jimmy G-type contract for a quarterback right now currently. They've got some contracts that they need to pay out. Mm-hmm. Okay, they got some contract they need to pay out to Fred Warner, the linebacker, Debo Samuel's the wide receiver. Nick Bosa's obviously going to want more money than his brother Joey Bosa, who plays for the Chargers. <laughs> of course. There are some contracts that the 49ers are going to have to pay out in years to come because these are solid football players, guys who are all pro-type players. And how do you do that? You've got to draft a rookie quarterback to get your salary cap back in the shape so you're able to keep the nucleus of your team together. I get that. That's why they want to do it with a rookie quarterback. But that's why they said, you know what? We can't sit back at 12 right, right before the Chargers and feel like, we're going to get a good quarterback. No, they won't be there. So they got to Kirk, if they were going to take Mac Jones, would Mac Jones not have been available at 12? It sure feels like he would have been. <laughs> it, it does, right? And, and that's kind of the speculation. Everybody's been all over Mac Jones. I'm saying you go to three, and I've been looking at 49ers Twitter. They get Mac Jones. I don't think a lot of people in the Bay Area are excited about Mac Jones. No. Right? I think that – you know, when you think of the 49ers, they're, they they want a little bit of flash. I think they want a little bit of they're, – they're tired of watching Russell Wilson and the Kyler Murrays walk into their place and, you know, and, and make the plays that they're doing. You want a guy like a Fields. Maybe even it's a Trey Lance, but we'll see what happens. But it, it'll be interesting because Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, will probably be available for trade at some point. There's so many moving parts with what happens at three. It truly is. And I think I, I read a report this morning – that the NFL was really keeping the clamps down on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers. The NFL draft starts at pick three. Like yeah, don't say minutes. blank, right? <laughs> that you 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 are the mystery in right. this draft. We know Lawrence, we know All Wilson. By the way, we'll get to Wilson. Maybe not today. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see what <laughs> happens when he comes up. But I don't know why Zach Wilson has been cemented into the number two position in this draft. Zach Zach Wilson was good at the, BYU. Didn't play anybody last year, Kirk. He's a they deal. didn't play anybody he's and all of a sudden deal. oh he's the number pick in the number two pick in the, like i get trevor lawrence he's yeah. played against everybody he's beaten just about everybody he's big he's strong he's fast he's smart he's, he's all those things fine <laughs> trevor lawrence number one pick right zach wilson just like oh yeah number two why <laughs> he's the real deal travis and i was i was similar to you um and then i had three byu games this year for espn college football and i sat down and talked with them 
And first of all, his temperament, just the kind of person he is, the leader that he is, the, the moxie, the swagger, he's got all of that. And then you put him out there on the field and you watch him make every throw. And you watch him make throws off balance, on balance, one foot, left foot, play action, roll out, bootleg. And, yeah, they didn't play anybody, but I'm not saying that he's got the greatest wide receivers in the world as well. <laughs> and yet he's putting the ball where it needs to be, right? He's making those those throws that you say, hmm, wait, wait, that's different. I haven't seen that before. So I think you get excited about him. And I'll, go, I'll tell you what a scout told me about Zach Wilson. So, mm-hmm. you know, every game that I do, I broadcast, Travis, I, I look for the draft-eligible players. I look for the guys who are probably going to be playing on Sundays. And I always ask my buddy who's a scout, I said, Hey, I got BYU this weekend. Tell me about uh, the quarterback. A lot of people talk about him being a top draft pick. He said he's been on our radar since his true freshman year. His true freshman year, the kid went 18 for 18, 340 for four touchdowns combined in his bowl game. And we said, we got to watch this kid. So they've had an eye on him for two years. It just so happens that in a year of COVID, a year of 2020, when all, a lot of teams waited to play, some teams and guys opted out. This was the best scenario for a Zach Wilson who goes out there and everybody, all the talent evaluators are saying, who is this kid? What? Oh, we already had a summon. Now it makes sense. And that's why he's elevated so much, especially since the draft is over, because what you see on tape, you see it also in person, Travis. Okay, so with all that in mind, and if that's the reasons why people like uh, Zach Wilson, why are people down on Justin Fields? Because we've seen other mocks, and we'll talk with Matt Miller, who's going to join us coming up here <laughs> in about 10 minutes or so, uh, that Justin Fields, we've seen him all the way down towards the bottom of the first round. We've seen right. him, you know, maybe in that Lamar Jackson territory. We know how that turned out. Lamar Jackson, pretty damn good football player. Why are some people, because he has played against everybody. He has beaten just about everybody. He's played in a conference where you're playing against a bunch of other NFL players as well. And yet it seems like he's the guy that at least half the field is kind of lukewarm on. There's, there's I would say, three right now currently, Travis. I don't trust I don't trust a quarterback from USC, Ohio State, and Alabama Don't tr- in the NFL because a lot of times their systems and the players that they have allow for inflated numbers, allow for a quarterback that not, may not be as good to go out there and look as if he's an all-star. So to me, I think there's a little bit of reservation, I mean a little bit of pause, when it comes to a Justin Fields, because you think about what's happened before him, whether it's Cardell Jones, mm-hmm. JT Barrett. Um, I remember the kid they converted from quarterback to receiver. Miller? I forgot his name. Uh, who was he? Yeah, Miller. Miller. Yeah, Braxton Miller. Yeah. They were, remember um, uh, uh, Terrell Pryor? <laughs> oh, sure. He was a pretty good wide receiver for yeah. the Raiders. <laughs> he actually was. <laughs> he wasn't bad. But I, I think a lot of that does play in. To, to what's going on here. Same thing, USC. Think about all the great USC quarterbacks yeah. of recent. When they get to the NFL, it was like, well, why doesn't it look like what we saw in the USC? The Alabama thing has not worked against Mac Jones, at least not so far. We'll see where he <laughs> we'll goes see. tonight. We'll talk about all of this, that top end of the draft. We'll get his thoughts on what some of the local teams are going to do. Matt Miller, ESPN Draft Excerpt, is going to join us next on the NFL Draft Preview Show with Travis and Kirk, driven by Hyundai on 710 ESPN.